thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. So today we finish off our series which has been called Follow Me. Uh, You had Ray last week and the week before that it was Roz, so you've had a nice break before I have to do today again. So I want to start today talking about signs and symbols, not signs and wonders, signs and symbols. We are surrounded by them, yeah? They help us, or they are supposed to help us, remember what to do. I'm actually wearing a t-shirt this morning that is a walking sign. Somebody bought me it, so I'm going to do a quick reveal, okay? So somebody bought me this this week, um, which says, oh, I think you can read it. Pastor, warning, anything you say or do will be used in a sermon. Okay, so you've been warned um, that anything you say or do can be used against you in this building and online. But we need to be reminded, sorry, it looks like I've uh, started a strip tease, doesn't it? I'll put it over there. There's no more, don't worry, don't panic. Okay. Signs are important because we need to be reminded all the time because we forget. Or is it just me? Do you, yeah? Yeah, we forget. I'll give you an example. Let me ask those drivers in the room. Have you ever gone the wrong way down a one-way street? Yeah? I could ask, have you ever gone the wrong way down that one-way street? Babs? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, sorry. Outed. Outed. Even when somebody stood there saying, no, don't go down that way. We, We see a sign and sometimes we forget. We forget things. I'll give you another example. How many weeks or months have we been in this pandemic? About 15, 16, yeah? So you would think by now, we've got a grip on what we're supposed to do, really, okay? Yeah? Uh, But I went to Tesco this week. I got to the door, and I suddenly went, oh, saw the sign. I'd forgotten my mask. So I had to go all the way back to my car, because I needed the sign. So even though I've been doing it for 15 months, even though I've been trying to do the right thing and and keep safe and everything else, I still forget and I still need a sign to remind me. Yeah? Would you agree? Anyone else done that or is it just me? Yeah, a few people, that's good. It didn't need a sign on Tesco showing me the molecular structure of the virus. It didn't need a sign on the door of Tesco giving me instructions on how I should put my mask on and how I, all the intricacies of wearing a mask. It just said, wear a mask. It was simple, to the point, and it didn't tell me what the mask was made from. There was just a sign saying, wear a mask. It was simple. And even after more than 15 months, I forgot. As I say, when I wear this sign, some people will be more careful what they do around me because they might think, oh, Johnny might bring this up. But as we come to the end of this series, we finish with the fact that when Jesus said, follow me, and when Jesus said to all these different people, follow me, kept it simple, he was actually repeating something 
from thousands of years before, from hundreds of years before. We finish with the fact that Jesus was reminding them of what they already knew, but yet often forgot. And we need reminders. So we're going to read from Deuteronomy, not Jesus' words, but Jesus used them. He didn't, you know, we didn't need, Jesus didn't need to overcomplicate things. Jesus didn't need to give them an exegesis on whether you're amillennial, postmillennial, premillennial, and then explain all those words. He just said, follow me. He just said, follow me. And he used these words in Deuteronomy as a simple reply. He was asked a complex question. What are the commands that are most important? And Jesus' reply was to say something that those Jews would know, would repeat twice daily, and would have ingrained in their memories. But Jesus still said them again. Why? Because we forget. Because we forget. He was just repeating what words and with actions what had already said. So Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to just read verses 4 to 9. says this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Three, four short, simple verses, but we need reminding. Ros actually started talking about these two weeks ago, and I started thinking, oh, great, she's nicked the final one of the series, but we didn't stay there. We've got to go a bit deeper into it. But she mentioned them. And these verses start with what the Jewish people would know as the Shema. Shema means here. So that very first word in verse 4 is here. And the Shema was a very particular prayer, probably their most famous passage of Scripture to every single one of them. It was the Shema that was seen as the central point of all of their services together, and it was seen as the most important prayer that they could ever use. So Jesus reminds them of it again. It was central to our worship. And verse 4 is the beginning of it. Hear, Israel, the Lord is God and the Lord is one. This prayer declares that there is one God and that that God is united. There is a relationship going on. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There is a relationship of the Trinity and Jesus repeats these very same words in Matthew chapter 22, when he's asked the question, what is the most important commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. And then he says, and love others as you love yourself. Two things Jesus says. And you might say, it's okay, Johnny, I already know that. I've heard that before. But have you acted on it? Are we still acting on it? Are we still using it? At the center of this verse is love. When it says the Lord is God, the Lord is one, that oneness, where else is one mentioned in the Bible? Well, it's used when it talks about marriage, becoming one flesh. 
There is love at the centre of it. There's got to be love at the heart of it. And it goes on to say, how do you need to follow God? So today, I might be repeating something you've heard many times. But the important thing today is not just to keep it up here. Because Jesus said this is important. The Old Testament said this is important. The Jewish nation said it twice a day because it was so important. And these verses say, impress them on your children. It says, how do we need to follow God? With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. How are you doing at that today? How honestly? Have a think about it yourself. How are you honestly doing that? What does it actually mean? You know, you might have heard it all before. So have I. But I've also known where one-way streets are. Don't stop me driving down them. I also know to wear a mask in Tesco. doesn't stop me forgetting. We need to hear it again because it's so important. This week in our book group, we read a little bit of a story about a bald preacher. Now, I don't know why people made a big point out of this, but it was a story about a bald man who preached. And he said the reason he's bald was because the biggest distance that there is is 18 inches. Now, you might disagree with me. The biggest distance that there is is 18 inches because it's 18 inches from here to your heart. And he said, I'm bald because I think God keeps bashing it on here in order to get it down to here. So maybe we need a few more baldies in church. Yeah, who's with me? Steve? Yeah, excellent. Okay, yeah, baldies? Sorry, I don't want to point anyone out. But the fact is, if you haven't got hair or you're a baldie, join me. Okay. This reason he was bald was because he said, God has to keep bashing me on the head because I need the information to travel from here to here or it's useless. It's pointless. Maybe that's why I'm bald. Because I need to be constantly reminded of what God has said so that I act on it. That's what we need. To actually act. The most important instruction, repeated twice daily, reminded to all by Jesus. And today, we repeat it again. The most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, and with all your, okay, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, okay? The heart was a symbol or a sign of whatever you treasured or value. What do you treasure today? If I said to you, what's your greatest possession? What's the thing you love the most? That's what you treasure, so when we say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, it's saying the thing that you love the most has to be God. The thing that you treasure the most in your life has to be God. That's what Jesus repeated. That's what the Shema says twice a day. That's what was central to all these prayers. And that's what needs to be central to our lives today. That whatever you treasure has to be God. He has to be first and foremost. The heat at the moment is quite stifling, isn't it? Sometimes. Are we enjoying the hot, sweaty weather? Yeah, yeah, okay. Most of the time it's great. But there are days where you go, oh, but it's too hot. You know, oh, I wish it was colder. Then when it's cold, we go, oh, I wish it was warmer. We're never happy. We can't make our minds up. We forget what it's like to be cold when it's like this. And then when it's hot, when it's cold, we forget what it's like to be hot. And sometimes we're like, I'm guy, the guys who are from Nigeria and Lagos and places like that, I'm sure this, this is nothing, this, isn't it? This is nothing, okay? This is like mild to you guys. But when we were in Uganda as a family, 
it was a real treat when all of a sudden an ice-cold bottle of Fanta came your way. There was something about in that heat and in that humidity, not having drunk water and lots of other things, which is great, to have that bottle of sweet. And it tasted all the more sweeter because you were thirsty for it, yeah? Literally, the word soul in Hebrew actually also is the same word for throat. So when it talks about loving the Lord your God with all your soul, it's actually saying, be thirsty for God. Be thirsty. So what are you treasuring today, but also what are you thirsty for? You know, in that heat, in that parched land, in that place where it was dry, all of a sudden that vision of Fanta, I was thirsty for that Fanta. I couldn't wait to get that Fanta down my, down my throat. Is that how we are with God? Are we thirsty to get to God? Are we in the middle? Maybe you're in the middle of a dry season. Maybe you're in a difficult time. Thirst for God. Because even in that season, he will walk with you, he will stand with you, and he will bring you to the other side. He will bring you through. So heart, what you treasure. Soul, what you thirst for. What you want to get in you because you're so desperate for it. And finally, strength. One person described strength as your muchness. <laughs> I think that's quite a good phrase, that, isn't it? Because strength, we think of muscles, and, and maybe sometimes we feel very weak because maybe we've put a bit of weight on in lockdown. Though obviously, I haven't. But um, maybe we've put a little bit of that on. Maybe we need a bit of working out going on. Maybe we need to go to the gym. But actually, I think the word muchness is better because it's who you are. So love the Lord your God with everything you treasure, be thirsty for him, and everything about you needs to worship God. Everything about you, your muchness, not just your, not just your strength, but your muchness. Your whole person given over to God and his ways. So Jesus says, follow me wholeheartedly and completely. What's the opposite of wholehearted? If I said to you today, what word could you use as the opposite of wholehearted? The Bible uses the word double-minded. So you can be wholehearted or you can be double-minded. That basically means that your mind might be on one thing, but it's also on another. You're torn between this and between that. That makes sense, doesn't it? So you're either completely that way or you're split, or you're completely that way. So there's wholehearted or there's double-minded. So let me ask you today, which are we? In honesty, I think most of us struggle with the wholeness, which is why it's important we repeat it, because we need to get this from our heads to our hearts. We need to get the message that actually nothing less is good enough but to try and to be wholehearted for God. In James chapter 4, verses 7 to 10, the NIV version talks about double-mindedness. The message says it this way. I'll read it to you. There's some brilliant phrases in this. This sort of sums up the opposite of wholehearted. So let God work his will in you. Yell aloud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. That's the double-mindedness. Quit playing the field. Quit 
dabbling in stuff that isn't God, hit bottom and cry your eyes out. In other words, get back to where he needs to be. Get back to being on our knees and saying, God, I need you. Help me. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get on your knees before the master because it's the only way you'll get on your feet. Love that phrase. Get on your knees before the master because it's the only way you'll get on your feet. I don't know your situations today. I don't know where you are. I'm in Barrow. I don't know where you're at. That's what I've got to say. I don't know where in life you struggle, but those verses are true today. The only way to get back on your feet is to get down on our knees and say, God, I've got to put you first. I need to stop dabbling in the wrong stuff. I need to stop being double-minded. I need to stop having my mind on God on a Sunday and my mind in the gutter the rest of the week. I need to stop. Not because Johnny tells you so, but because it's the best way to get on your feet. It's the best way to stand. It's the best way to live. And it's the only way to get serious. Quit dabbling in sin. The warning is given. And actually, in the book of Numbers, there's a reminder of the warning. It says this, Numbers chapter 14, verses 23 to 24. The Israelites have been going wrong. They've been making really bad decisions and it says not one of them will see the land I promised on oath to their ancestors no one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly I'll bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it what's the difference between the people who miss out and the people who inherit the people who are wholehearted and the people who are double-minded. Which are we going to be? Do we need to hear this message twice a day, three times a day, four times a day, every day until it goes from our heads to our hearts? Because I guarantee today that there are some in this room and there's some watching online that have heard that commandment before to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And yet you're still dabbling in stuff you shouldn't. You still play in the field. You're still looking one way and another. If you do that, you go squinty. <laughs> Be focused on God who is great. We've sung it this morning, haven't we? Our God is greater. Why will Caleb in Numbers receive the blessing of God's inheritance? Why? Because he is wholeheartedly following God and trusting God and faithful to God not perfect he's not without sin he still makes mistakes but he is wholeheartedly focused on who he needs to be on the master on the father it just means giving our all to God has that gone from your head to your heart yet maybe I should keep us going like this all the way through the service see if it makes a difference you might have a headache by the end but has the information sunk in has it traveled the 18 inches or are you still just saying, well, I know that, Johnny. I already know that. Are you acting on it? Let's look at the rest of those verses. Where's your treasure? Where's your thirst? Where's your muchness? These are questions that only you can answer. These are questions that only you can look at. The next bit in this passage, we read at dedications and thanksgivings for babies. It says, impress these things on your children. 
And it throws up some interesting things. I don't, mean it, I don't think it means brand your children, you know, impress them. <laughs> you know, get, get a stamp. There you go. doesn't mean that. How do we impress them on our children? This important commandment, how do we do it? It says this. Talk about them when you sit at home or when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. That is just a Hebrew literary tool. It basically means talk about them all the time. Because <laughs> when you're lying down, you're going to bed. And when you're getting up, you're getting up in the morning. When you're walking along the road, you're going somewhere. And when you're sitting down, you're perhaps having a meal. Basically, the Old Testament and Jesus said, talk about this passage as much as you possibly can until it gets from here to here. We've got too many people in our churches who've got lots of this and not enough of this. This is what's going to make the difference. This might get you a degree. I'm not going to talk about it. For those of you who know me, no, I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> Whatever's up here might get you qualifications. But I don't use any of that stuff I learned at all. Some of it's still up there. <laughs> but did it go here? No, because I didn't love it. I just knew it. Today, is it going from there to there? I'm looking at a sea of blank faces. I know it doesn't help with masks, but it's really, you know, are we getting this? It's simple truth, but we need to get it. Impress it on your children. I believe, first of all, we need to impress it on ourselves. Impress it on ourselves. Talk about them all the time. At all times. Where have you heard that phrase? At all times. Airports. Yeah? Keep your luggage with you at all times. Because if you don't, the same thing might happen to you that happened to me. Because I was in Amsterdam Airport, and Ros and Shirley went for a Starbucks and then decided to get a manicure on the way home because they were feeling a bit grimy and wanted to treat themselves. And Schiphol Airport is like a city, if you've ever been there. It's massive. So the Starbucks was a, about a mile or two down the corridor. And uh, Ros went, oh, she went to pay for the manicure, couldn't find her bag. So she said, oh, Johnny, will you go and see if it's in that Starbucks? I'm like, great, thanks. Running like the bionic man down the corridors, get to Starbucks, yellow tape cordoning off an area, man in a fluorescent high-vis jacket. <laughs> and I said, um, can I just go there? They said, no, sir, you can't at the moment. I said, why? I said, well, we've got a suspicious uh, bag. <laughs> I said, it, it, it's my wife's. <laughs> so I had to go through and tell him what was in her purse, tell him what his name was. And I have to say, I got the sternest telling off. And it was just a look, really. But the man was not impressed. Because what's the reminder all the time? Keep your bags with you at all times. Otherwise, you get your husband embarrassed, don't you? Yeah. I thought I was going to get locked up. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. But actually, this is saying, speak about this commandment at all times. Thank you, Steve. All times. What's the commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Because we forget and we become double-minded and we start looking at the wrong stuff and we start going down the wrong paths. I want to tell you today, it's not too late to change course. It's not too late to pull yourself off that path and go there. If you've lost, 
the best thing is to admit you're lost and to ask somebody to show you back to the right way. There's no shame in that. No shame in that. The last bit of this passage says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. This was meant metaphorically. I, as far as I, I can believe, the, 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 actual, the Pharisees would wear little boxes on their right arm, and these boxes would contro- con- contain small scrolls of Scripture. They would tie them across their head, and they would even tie the knots so that they made up letters of the Greek alphabet that, that, that were symbols of God. Um, uh, Yahweh, the Hebrew alphabet, sorry, not the Greek alphabet. So they would tie this little box on here and tie a little box on there. But that didn't actually start happening until about 250 BC. So the original command wasn't taken literally. They knew what God was saying. What was God saying? It says, get it in your thought life and put it in your action. Okay? The right hand was symbolic of action. Get it in your thought life and put it into action. That's what God's saying here. This love thing, don't just write it down and look religious. The Pharisees loved it. They would tie these boxes. They would walk around and go, look at me. I've got the boxes on my head. I've got the boxes on my arm. But they didn't live it out. It hadn't gone from here to here. Do you know what I'm getting at today? (laughs) I am overemphasizing the point. Because it's not about what we know. It's not about looking religious. It's not about having an argument about whether Adam had a belly button or not. You know? It's not about that. It's not about asking, what did Noah do with all the manure off the ark? You know? I'm not going to... There's a joke to that, but it might offend people. It's not rude. It's just... Yeah, anyway. Um, I don't want to offend their national... You say, some people say, threw it overside and somebody discovered it. But I'm not going to say where it was. So... Anyway, I shouldn't have started that, so I'll finish now. (laughs) So what that verse is saying is, don't just fill your head with information. Act. Get it in your thought life. Oh, reminds me of Jesus. What did he say? Oh, if you think bad of somebody, it's as bad as murdering them. Or if if you start sort of lusting after somebody that you shouldn't, it's as bad as acting on it. Jesus is saying the same thing. Engrave it on your thoughts, engrave it on your hand. Get your thought life sorted, get your actions sorted. That's what it's saying. It's metaphorical. Maybe you'd like a sermon today with some clever wordplay or a big revelation, but maybe God is trying to bash the stuff from your head to your heart so that we have a church full of people who are known for loving God with all their heart, soul, and strength. Yeah? That's what it's got to be. And how do we do that? We need to start living it, not just knowing it. Verse 9, write it on the door frames of your house and on your cities. This was actually done. They did have boxes. They did that. Why? Constant reminder as they walked in and out that they were God's people. Constant reminder as they walked in and out of these commands to love God. Simple, yeah? We don't like simple sometimes because we think, oh, come on, there must be more to it. No, no. Get it from here into here because you can fill that with as much as you like. But it's useless. It's like a clanging gong or an empty symbol unless we get it into here. Yeah? Constant reminder. How do we act wholeheartedly as I come in to finish? Ephesians chapter 6, verses 7 to 8. 
if you, if you follow me on Facebook, you'll have seen me post this because as I was preparing this a few weeks ago, this verse stood out. And I think this is the way we get it from here to here. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. In other words, do it for God, not praise from people. Do it for God. Stop forgetting the purpose. Stop forgetting your treasure. Stop forgetting your thirst. Stop forgetting the muchness of who you are supposed to be. This passage can be summed up with the fact that God is one. He is united in love. And we need to be love at the centre. The heart and soul of our lives. So as I finish, I say this. And I am finishing. With your Bible open, whenever you read it, ask these questions. What is God like? The answer? Love. Why did God create? The answer? Love. What's gone wrong with the world? The answer? Because we've turned away from love. What has God done about the world going wrong? The answer? He entered into the world out of love for us. Who's Jesus? He is love showing up. What was the nature of Jesus' life? The answer? Love. Can we believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Yeah, because I believe that love is stronger than death. What was the reason for his death? Love. Are you getting the message? <laughs> what is the meaning of life? Love. God is love. What is the meaning of life? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and everything you are. Whether you are rich, whether you are poor, whether you're with family, whether you're without family. If you think you've messed up, if you think you've got too many questions, what is the Bible's repeated message? To follow God wholeheartedly with everything and to love others. So, what can you pray this morning? How can you respond? It's not responding to me. It's saying, God, I'm sorry. God, I want you to take the information from here to here. I want to stop looking at that way and that way and fix my eyes on you completely. Then people will see it written all over your heart, all over your mind, all over your actions. He is the Lord and the Lord is one. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you make things easy to understand. I thank you that you don't overcomplicate things. And I pray this morning that we will start to apply the stuff that we know. I pray that we will apply the stuff that we have learned over years. I pray that we will start to get it from our heads into our hearts. Father, as we sit here, as we stand here, I pray that you... Our prayer is, search us. Search us. 
show us and fill us. Search our hearts. Remove the stuff that's gone wrong and fill us with your love till we are overflowing. In Jesus' name.